A special welcome is extended to those who are visiting with us today and to anyone returning home to our parish community. You are always welcome here. This weekend, our parish is participating in National Faith and Blue Weekend. National Faith and Blue Weekend is a joint community outreach program focusing on resolution and reconciliation. This initiative by religious and police leaders intends to bring law enforcement officers and citizens together using local houses of worship in their communities. Please extend a warm greeting to the officers who will be at the church doors and keep them in your prayers today. Though the formal requirement for masking has been lifted, we invite you to make your own choice to continue masking and or social distancing. The words and music to the entire Gloria may be found in the inside back cover of your hymnal. This is because we want you to sing all of the words. Please join in singing these as you are able. Assisting us today are lectors, Karen Coughlin, Alex Brensteiner, Irene Hearn, Randy Kelly. Our altar server is Dan Rogers. Our interpreter is Scott Dougherty. I'm your cantor, Madeline Ajello. Our organist is Bill Brinzer. And our celebrant is Father Michael. Please remain seated throughout the entire Mass so that the interpreter may be seen. Please join in singing with each other the opening hymn, Sing a New Song, number 607 in your blue hymnal, 607. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. 
Welcome again, everyone. Celebrating this 28th Sunday of Ordinary Time, we have been journeying with Jesus on the way to Jerusalem and journeying with one another, deepening our understanding and our following of the Lord. Thanks be to God we get to do so with each other. We also know as we deepen this journey how much we must rely on God's grace and God's mercy. We ask that mercy as we enter these sacred mysteries. Lord Jesus, you call all people. Lord, have mercy. Christ Jesus, you lead us in your way. Christ, have mercy. Lord Jesus, you share your kingdom. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us of our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen.
gathering our prayers together, let us pray. May your grace, O Lord, we pray, at all times go before us and follow after, making us always determined to carry out good works. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns in unity with you and the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Opening ourselves to hear God's word this weekend, we are hearing in the first reading from 2 Kings, and we're going to hear of a foreigner who was actually cured of skin disease, very much paralleling what we will hear in the gospel. A reading from the second book of Kings. Naaman went down and plunged into the Jordan seven times at the word of Elisha, the man of God. His flesh became again like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean of his leprosy. Naaman returned with his whole retinue to the man of God. On his arrival, he stood before Elisha and said, now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Please accept a gift from your servant. Elisha replied, as the Lord lives whom I serve, I will not take it. And despite Naaman's urging, he still refused. Naaman said, if you will not accept, please let me, your servant, have two mule loads of earth, for I will no longer offer holocaust or sacrifice to any other god except to the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
A reading from the second letter of St. Paul to Timothy. Beloved, remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, a descendant of David. Such is my gospel for which I am suffering, even to the point of chains, like a criminal. But the word of God is not chained. Therefore, I bear with everything for the sake of those who are chosen, so that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus, together with eternal glory. This saying is trustworthy. If we have died with him, we shall also live with him. If we persevere, we shall also reign with him. But if we deny him, he will deny us. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. The word of the Lord. Thanks be God. with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. As Jesus continued on his journey to Jerusalem, he traveled through Samaria and Galilee. As he was entering a village, ten lepers met him. They stood at a distance from him and raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. As they were going, they were cleansed. And one of them, realizing he had been healed, returned, glorifying God in a loud voice. He fell at the feet of Jesus and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Jesus said in reply, Ten were cleansed, were they not? Where are the other nine? Has none but this foreigner returned to give thanks to God? Then he said to him, Stand up and go. 
your faith has saved you. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So we have finalized our new math schedule. And so for the first part of my homily, I just want to explain a little bit about how we've got to this point and what this new math schedule is. Now, before I forget, this new math schedule begins the first weekend in November, okay? So don't show up early next week. First weekend in November. So uh, also, as we've been talking about the change of mass schedule, a few other things came up that I'd like to address as well. Uh, A number of people wondered why we've been talking about a one priest parish. And particularly, there has been uh, care and concern and question about Father Daniel. Uh, Father Daniel has been or has been put on leave and that was over nine months ago at this point in time and uh, to this point there has been no clear or conclusive information about that situation and to be quite honest with you I don't know if there will ever be or what the timeline for that will be at this point which is, of course, heartbreaking in lots of levels. Um, So, I mean, the the best we can continue to do is to do probably what we have been doing, and that is to hold the whole situation in prayer, to hold all parties in prayer, and and to use his words to pray for truth and for healing um, in the situation. How long that will take, Will we ever have satisfaction in in that situation? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Some ways, it just, the words of the lepers in today's gospel is, is, is the way I pray and mutter sometimes, you know. Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Continue to trust that somehow the Spirit will work to the good, even despite us, even despite us. Also, of course, you know that Father Joe Keenan has been helping out quite a bit. Uh, Father Joe is retired, and I do want to emphasize that he is retired. (laughs) He's been tremendous, though, as support for our parish community. Thanks be to God. You also know that uh, Father Peter is still in residence. Father Peter is actually assigned to Allegheny County Jail in ministry there, and he also is completing his studies probably soon. So what that leaves us with is confronting a situation that we probably knew and anticipated was eventually coming, but having to do it probably sooner than we had expected because we are in the situation that we are in. Also, uh, statistically, the diocese has done some projections about the numbers of active diocesan priest and clerk, I'll say diocesan priest. Um, And so the projections are that by 2030, that's eight years from now, there will be 60 
active diocesan priest in the diocese. Now that's because a lot of our priests right now are in their 60s and 70s, moving towards retirement, right? Um, and so 60 active priests in the Diocese of Pittsburgh. That doesn't include the religious and others who are supporting retired, but 60. There are 57 parishes in the Diocese of Pittsburgh. Now by the numbers, what does that tell you, right? There's gonna be a lot of single person or single priest parishes moving forward. Also, I, I, I stirred up the parish pastoral council this summer by sitting with the pastoral council and saying, look, if we're just looking at the numbers, if we're just looking at how many people are attending in person to the five masses that we are offering, we could fit everybody in one mass at St. Adelbert's church. Okay? Right? Capacity of the church and how many are attending, which is about a little under 600 at this point in time. We could have one mass and everybody could fit. Talk about stirring them up, huh? <laughs> right? So, so you get just, those are just some of the numbers. Also want to express with you some of the other considerations that were taken into account as we were proposing a new mass schedule. There are many important and significant considerations, and I'm just going to go through a few of them. Certainly, uh, it was care and compassion for all the change that we've gone through as parish community, right? <laughs> Mergers and combining and changes. We wanted to be just about one parish with two church buildings in two locations. Canon law says that a priest is not supposed to be celebrating more than three masses on a Sunday. That's Saturday night and Sunday, right? Not more than three. Notice we're proposing four. Um, we've heard in the synod sessions uh, that the listening sessions in our own parish, the diocese, and even throughout the country, this deep desire for vibrant, for engaging, and from participatory celebrations and liturgies and worship. The needs of the deaf community. The needs of those who are older. The needs of the emerging generations and the new generations. Family considerations, stealer mania, and football schedules. <laughs> right? And then, of course, people's personal preferences and things. So, okay, so those are just some of the things that have come into the collective decision-making process. Feedback, um, input from all of you and from parishioners. We received uh, almost 140 different surveys or input from people and parishioners over these last few weeks. And, and so that input was come both digital and in written form. And, and through that, actually, there was things that were brought to our consideration as a council that we hadn't considered before amidst of all those other considerations. And I'd just like to name a couple of them that were very significant. The availability of ministers at liturgy, particularly music ministry, interpreters, 
right? That was a consideration we hadn't really looked at before. The ability of the choir to maybe move through or celebrate and sing at all of our celebrations and our liturgies. Another consideration we hadn't taken into account. The particular needs of those who may have an elderly loved one or be elderly themselves or uh, uh, taking public transportation to one of our masses. That sometimes the earlier liturgies would be more difficult to get to. Other considerations that, that hadn't been put before us, for good reason, inclement weather, right? The clearing of roads and sidewalks, uh, particularly for walking and driving, those walking and driving and parking in our communities. And so because of a couple of the things that were brought forth from the feedback that was received, we are shifting the Sunday morning masses as we proposed forward. So here is the schedule, the new schedule. The new schedule of Masses is Saturday night still remains the same. 4 p.m. at St. Adelbert's, 5.30 p.m. St. Mary of the Mount. Sunday morning, instead of what we proposed, which was 8 a.m. and 10 a.m., we're shifting both of those forward. And so there will be a 9 p.m. at St. Adelbert's Church, did I say PM? <laughs> Crud. Nine a nine a nine a.m. Excuse me. That, that's not too not that far forward. <laughs> so so just an hour to what we proposed, right? So nine a.m. at St. Adelbert's Church, and this mass will be at eleven a.m. instead of eleven thirty. So this one still moves a little bit for or a little bit a little bit earlier, right? Make sense? Got it? Okay, now what I've said, don't worry about. It's going to be in the bulletin. It's going to be on block note. We're going to put it out there for the next several weeks. And remember, it doesn't start until November, okay? So those are our proposed mass schedules. Or excuse me, the, that is the finalized mass schedule starting in November. Just want to express great gratitude uh, to everyone who uh, offered input. Uh, I, I want you to know that... Uh, and just I want to just a statistic. A majority of the people in those surveys said that they could basically live with what we were proposing, right? right? Now, it didn't necessarily say they liked it, but they said they could live with it, and some really liked it. And so I think that speaks to the, how important community is for us and how strong our community is at St. Mary of the Mount, that the majority of people said they would be okay with what we were proposing. Um, also, I want to express gratitude to those who will be adjusting their preference because of the larger needs of the community and particularly those who, uh, you know, who are older or, or have different abilities or disabilities and, and those needs, the needs of the more vulnerable among us. So, so gratitude to those who will be shifting their preferences. I'm going to transition to a little bit of a homily here, okay? These last uh, several days, uh, all the clergy of the Diocese of Pittsburgh got together. We do this every three years, and it's about really formation 
for the, the priest of the Diocese of Pittsburgh, and it's time for fraternity or spending time in community and building relationships among us, which is so, so needed right now. And so we just did this over the last several days. It's an off-site, right? So we go out of the Diocese of Pittsburgh, gather together, and this year, the focus of the whole, what's called convocation, that gathering of priests, was the priest as a minister of communion. And not just Eucharistic communion, but communion within the body of Christ. And it was uh, you know, basically talking about how the Pope, one of the Pope's primary roles as the leader of the universal Catholic Church is to do his best to hold the unity of the whole universal church. That is the role of a bishop within his diocese. And the teaching or the formation that was all part of these last several days was that also the priest is called to be, particularly pastors, those who are in parish work, are called to be ministers of communion, holding communion together in very diversive and divisive and polemic times. And how important that is to be ministers of communion. And if you think about it, um, actually uh, from the very early church, those who were leaders, those who were the apostles, that was one of their primary roles. In the midst of all kinds of changes, in the midst of you know, Gentile Jews and Jewish Jews, Jewish Jews, Gentile Christians and Jewish Christians, in the midst of different cities and places that churches were founded, to hold the unity together. Now, why, why am I sharing that with you? Well, first of all, it's extremely important, right? If you get, <laughs> you get, uh, you know, what? As many priests as there are in the Diocese of Pittsburgh, there's as many opinions there are, right? And positions on church, for goodness sake. So we are incredibly diverse among ourselves. So it was also about getting us to, to be in communion and talk to one another. But, but, but I'm sharing that with you, uh, first of all, because it's my role, but also because I don't believe it's the role of just the leadership. I believe to be a minister of communion is the role of every single disciple. Every single Christian is called to do the best they can to be a minister of communion and unity, and, and for us, within a particular community, our very own parish, right? We're all called to that, not just leadership, every Christian. The gospel passage we just heard proclaimed. We, we've heard of a number of different healings, as we've been journeying with Jesus on the way to Jerusalem. And of course, we heard today of the healing of the 10 lepers. And usually we use this passage and look at this passage and look towards the end of it and talk about this is really a, a passage about gratitude and faith and actually the faith of a foreigner. It's, it's a Samaritan, a non-Jew, who actually comes back to the Lord in great faith and gives gratitude and thanks where it's due. But when you see miracles, almost always in the Gospels, look for something else. Look for more healing than just the physical healing. There's more going on than that usually. And it's no more pronounced than in today's miracle of the healing of the ten. Notice how Jesus heals the ten lepers. Those who are excluded from community, those who stand at a distance and cry out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Notice he doesn't lay hands on them. He doesn't groan. He doesn't pray. He, does, he doesn't seem to do any of those things he normally does for healing. He just tells them, 
go show yourself to the priest. And why does he tell them, go show themselves to the priest? Because it is actually the priestly class in the Jewish faith and tradition that have excluded them. When someone has some sort of skin ailment that was thought to be contagious, they actually are banished by the religion more so than anything else. They would have to live outside of community. They wouldn't be involved in the family anymore. They wouldn't be involved in the business anymore. They wouldn't be involved in the education anymore. They certainly would not be involved in the Jewish faith tradition. They weren't allowed to worship anymore. That's what the word unclean actually means, right? It's not just physically unclean. It's ritually unclean. They're not able to worship. And notice Jesus in this miracle of the healing says, go show yourself because the priests were also the ones who could deem them clean once again. You now can be reintegrated into the community. You can now be part of the unity of the people of God back into the system of worship, back into the system of business, back into the system of family. You're now again fully integrated, right? By the way, uh, the Samaritan comes back, but that's because he didn't practice Judaism anyways. <laughs> he didn't have to go show himself to the priest to be clean. He knew it. Right? He knew it. He didn't have to do that. Right? He doesn't practice that. He doesn't need that priest, for goodness sakes. Some of you don't either, but that's another thing. Okay. Uh, okay. So, 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 right? Do you see what's happening there? So it's, also, it's not just a miracle of physical healing. It's a miracle of communion, of unity, of reintegration, especially for someone who's marginalized. As followers of the Lord, not, not just the Pope, not just the bishop, not just priest, clergy, every single disciple of the Lord following in his way is called to be in some ways in their lives a minister of communion, of unity, and how important it is for us within a particular circumstance, a place here. We experience that as Mary Queen of Peace Parish. We experience that in the joys and challenges of this community that has come together here, Mount Washington, Southside, Allentown, right? Coming together. And each of us has the challenge and the joy of trying to hold that unity, that communion together, both in our relationships, our, our worship, right? Holding that together. Every single one of us is followers of the Lord, are ministers of communion in love, relationship, worship. We together profess our faith. I'm going to ask you three questions. Response to those questions is, I do. Do you believe in God the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth? Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the only Son, our Lord, who was born of the Virgin Mary, crucified, died, buried, 
rose from the dead, and is now seated at the right hand of God the Father? Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting? This is our faith that we profess through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Knowing the compassion of Christ for all, especially those who have need, we offer these needs and petitions. Our response is, hear us, O Lord. For an increase in appreciation and collaboration among clergy and laity, we pray. In the words of Pope Francis, Mary, Queen of Peace, comfort the martyred Ukrainian people and obtain from the heads of nations the strength of will to immediately bring the war to an end. We pray. Hear us, O Lord. For the courage and safety of all communities affected by Hurricane Ian and other weather disasters, we pray. Hear us, O Lord. As we celebrate Faith and Blue Sunday, that first responders and the communities they serve may grow in trust, safety, and collaboration especially among communities on the margins and communities of color. We pray. Hear us, O Lord. For all those on our prayer request list in the bulletin, that their pain and suffering be eased by our prayers. We pray. Hear us, O Lord. We go forth. Having celebrated the Feast of St. Francis of Assisi this past Tuesday for an increase in awareness and stewardship of the earth and all of creation, we pray. Hear us, O Lord. For all those who have died in our parish community, especially Josephine Saccone, Richard Dubsky, and Dolores Mihal. May they be welcomed into God's kingdom. We pray. Hear us, O Lord. We remember today Irene Weigand and all the intentions present on the altar along with those we hold in the silence of our hearts. We pray. Hear us, O Lord calling on the loving intercession of our patron and mother, we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Mary, Queen of Peace, pray for us. During the preparation of the gifts, please join in singing Earthen Vessels, which may be found in the inside back cover of your hymnal.
pray, sisters and brothers, my sacrifice and yours will be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and good of all. Accept, Lord, the prayers of your faithful with the sacrificial offerings, that through these acts of devotedness, we will pass over to the glory of heaven through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just, our duty, our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Father of mercies, faithful God. You've given us Jesus Christ, your Son, Lord and Redeemer. He showed compassion for children and for the poor, for the sick and for sinners. He became neighbor to the oppressed and the afflicted. By word and action, he announced to the world that you are our Father and that you care for all of us, your sons and daughters. And so, with all the saints and angels, we bless your name and sing a hymn of your glory as without end we acclaim. Indeed, holy Lord, the font of all holiness, make holy, therefore, these gifts we pray, sending your spirit on them like the dewfall, that they may become the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed, he entered willingly into his passion. He took bread said the blessing, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, saying, take this, all of you, and eat of it. This is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, again giving thanks, gave it to his disciples, saying, take this, all of you, and drink from it. This is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many 
for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, we celebrate the memory of his death and resurrection, and we offer you, Lord, the bread of life, the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to stand in your presence and to minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking in the body and the blood of Christ, of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church, which is spread throughout the world. Bring us to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, with David, our Bishop, all clergy, and all who serve and lead your people. Remember also all of our sisters and brothers who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. And have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the blessed Virgin Mary, the Mother of God, with the blessed apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, that we too may be co-heirs to eternal life, to praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Please rise. At the Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
Deliver us from evil, Lord. Grant peace in our peace in our day, that by the help of your mercy, we may be freed from sin, protected from all anxiety, as we wait in joyful hope, the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Lord, you said to your apostles and to us, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sin, but on the faith of your church. Grant us peace and unity in accordance with your will, for you live and reign forever and ever. Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you. We share with one another a sign of Christ's peace. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed who are we who are called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy to under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall. An act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are in the blessed sacrament. I love you above all things, and I long for you in my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. As though you have already come, I embrace you and unite myself entirely to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen.
Supper of the Lord, which may be found in the inside back cover of your hymnal, the Supper of the Lord.
I think there's a few of you that are here for baptism. Just a reminder that if you're in this parking lot right here and you're staying for the baptism afterwards, it's probably good to go out to your car and pull it back around or pull it into the lot next door, the gravel lot, so you don't bind up all the traffic trying to get out. Also a reminder that unless there was an emergency that they were called to, there is supposed to be police officers from our Zone 3 police department that we're starting to build relationship with. So they should be there, say hello, uh, welcome them, offer them your support, ask them questions, whatever you would like to do. Sign language. They're going to cuff us. They're not. They're not I, don't, I don't think they're going to cuff you unless you deserve it. <laughs> so, so speaking of cuffing, by the way, um, just again, it's always fun to learn new sign language, right? To learn new sign language. So new sign language. So unity or communion, uh, it, it's an expression of many words, of course, is the two rings held together, right? Linked together. So, so can you do your okay fingers and bring them together? Right? And so remember, that is the sign for many things. We use that sign for covenant, right? Like between God and between one another. That's the sign of communion, right? Unity, connection. So, so and it's one of those signs that is, is directional, right? So if it's, if it's communion with God, if it's communion with Scott, if it's communion as a community, right? You follow that? So there you go. So that's your sign language lesson for today. Communion. You are a minister of communion. Let us pray. We entreat your majesty most humbly, O Lord, as you feed and nourish us with the most holy body and blood of your Son, Make us sharers in his divine nature. For you live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. May the blessings of Almighty God be upon you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our closing hymn is number 573, To Jesus Christ, Our Sovereign King. 573, we'll sing verses one and three. Thank you.